Dr. Phyllis Degano, you are a professor in religion at Hofstra University in New York, but you're also the author of many, many books, including books on the ordination of women to the diaconate. That's an area of speciality for you, and you were appointed in 2016 to the Pope's first commission on women in the diaconate. There's been another one since. We'll come back to that again. First of all, what drew you to the ordination of women to the diaconate and to that ministry for you to do such sustained research and what significance has it got, do you think, for you? Actually, that's an interesting question and it has its centre in Ireland because when I was in graduate studies at the State University of New York at Stony Brook, I was the assistant to uh, Father Patrick Heelan, a Jesuit, who at the time was the uh, he was a professor of philosophy, but he was uh, the vice president for liberal studies in Provo. And uh, I went, went into him one day to his office, and I said, tell, tell me about this word diaconia. Uh, how is it? I, I was finishing my studies. I was looking for something to do. And, uh, you know, thought thought about priesthood, but of course that was a non-starter. And he explained to me about how there were women deacons in the history of the Catholic Church. Now, that's a long time ago, but he did encourage me to look into it. And I did. I went actually to the local seminary and started studies there. They told me I was too smart to be a deacon. I should study to be a priest. I said, whatever. (laughs) Just let me put me in the studies. I didn't finish there. I finished uh, elsewhere. That's been going on for a long time because I, I learned that the diaconate was really just a moribund ministry for women. It ended around the 12th century when the whole diaconate uh, was overcome by what they call the cursus honorum, the course of honor. Because at the time, mostly in Rome, but elsewhere in Europe, the priests were getting a little annoyed with deacons for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is that they handled all the money. But it seems that increasingly um, through the Middle Ages, the person who was elected the next bishop was the deacon. In fact, we have 36 popes who never became priests. They were ordained as deacons, they served as deacons, and they were elected to be Bishop of Rome from the diaconate and and never were priested. And that was going on all over Europe. So by the time the cursus honorum became codified, you couldn't be ordained a deacon unless you were going to be ordained a priest. And so the diaconate became just one more step in this cursus honorum, which brought you from... Uh, being tonsured as a cleric uh, to porter, lector, exorcist, acolyte, the major order of subdeacon, the major order of deacon, and the major order of priest. Now, of course, by this time, women were not being tonsured, obviously, and were not brought into the cursus honorum. There were still women deacons, women ordained as deacons, mostly in abbeys and monasteries throughout Europe, but that was beginning to die out. And uh, as far as I know, the last evidence I have of a woman ordained or women ordained as deacons is in northern Italy in a place called Lucca, where Bishop Otone Otto ordained women as deacons well into the 12th century. But as I said, by that time, the whole diaconate had just kind of fallen into disrepair and and disuse. And uh, there were ceremonial deacons here, there and everywhere, but it was not a robust ministry anymore. Fascinating. So you're saying clearly that there were Women deacons, number one, and there is absolute evidence right through up till around the 12th century for those women in the diaconate. 
in both the East and the West, women were ordained. Now, the conversation became, uh, when you get to the Council of Trent, should the diaconate be reinstated? That failed. But about a century later, the conversation continued about the diaconate, and more of the conversation became, what about women in the diaconate? And uh, the studies of uh, Jean Morin went through all of the liturgies, Greek, Latin, and Syriac, and those liturgies, he said, met the criteria for sacramental ordination according to the Council of Trent. So the conversation continued. Uh, About a hundred years later, another professor said, no, they weren't really ordained, and the fight was on. And that's basically the fight. The academic fight right now continues, has continued. Were the women deacons of history sacramentally ordained or not? And I usually say, yes, (laughs) they were or were not. I don't think it really um, matters. History alone is not dispositive. Um, I don't think you can say none of the women that we know historically uh, are deacons and that for which there were ordination ceremonies. We can't say definitively they were not ordained because we know that the bishops used the same liturgies that they used to ordain men as deacons. It it happened during the Mass. It happened in the sanctuary in the presence of the other clergy. The big point is that there was an epiclesis, a calling down of the Holy Spirit. The bishop did put a stole around the woman's neck and did call them deacons. If they were not going to be deacons, it would call them something else. So I think it's disingenuous to say that the bishop was faking it, that he was uh, performing a liturgy and not meaning to sacramentally ordain someone. But be that as it may, uh, I'm sure that elsewhere, in other parts, some women simply uh, accommodated or were given the title deacon, deacon, deacon or deaconess, uh, without ordination. And that, that's entirely possible, too. So, as I said, when people say, were they or were they not ordained sacramentally, I say, yes, <laughs> they were or they were not. And I don't think anyone is, is going to be able to uh, make a definitive uh, determination one way or the other on any general historical comment, because all sorts of different things were done all over the church in different times and eras. We know that women who were named deacons or deaconesses had different jobs in different places at different times. We know that they were uh, ceremonially accepted with liturgies that were studied and considered sacramental. But we have others who were called deacons or deaconesses, and we don't have any evidence about their liturgies. So uh, my answer is, so what? I think that uh, if we were to only depend on what we could verify historically, uh, we wouldn't get any place in the church. So it's not really a development of doctrine. It's really a restoration of a practice. So then in that regard, what was specific? Because you mentioned there that even in monasteries, people might be ordained to the diaconate. So what was special about the diaconate? What were the things that were conferred and what did they do? Well, again, it's terrible to try to make a generalization about 800 or 900 years of church practice. We know that Phoebe in Romans 16, 1 to 2, 1 to 3, carried St. Paul's letter to Rome. It can be assumed that she also was explaining it to the Romans, the very small community of of Christians in Rome. So uh, moving forward, we, we do know that women deacons catechized particularly women and children. We do know that women deacons assisted in the baptism and chrismation 
of uh, particularly of women, because obviously it'd be unseemly for a man to be anointing a woman. We know that in certain places, certainly in Syria, women deacons visited ill women, brought them the Eucharist, and anointed them. Jesuit Jean Danielou affirms that this was a sacramental practice. Epiphanius, many centuries before, in the 5th century, says that that women deacons would go to the home of ill women on account of the pagans. You know, you could never have a, a man cleric going in. We assume that they were ordained because we understand their clerical status, and we understand their clerical status uh, from the fact that uh, once ordained as deacons, they were forbidden to marry, and in some places were listed in the roster of clerics. Uh, anyway, the service of women eventually went into the monasteries, and you did need women deacons in the monasteries, mainly to lead the prayer, but also uh, to perform the ministries to the ill sisters. So we have all that, and then the, the actual practice itself goes into decline for the reasons you've explained, and then it comes back into vogue again, or is renewed again, with the great renewal that was the Second Vatican Council. Is that right? It did. Actually, in Germany during the... Uh, the war years, there were deacon circles that were created by men, married men mostly, who felt that the diaconal ministry had become moribund, as it had become moribund uh, over various times and eras in, in the church. I mean, we have to remember that the deacon is the, the, the individual who is most responsible for social services in the church. So the deacon circles uh, began, as I said, first in Germany. They spread throughout Europe, and they were very influential in bringing the question to the Second Vatican Council. 